Hello, my empowered family. I'm so glad you are here. Welcome to the Empowered Entrepreneur Podcast. This is your host, Haley David. This podcast is for you, the ambitious woman building the life and business of your dreams. Tune in every Tuesday for your weekly up level as I bring you a new value packed episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Entrepreneur Podcast. This is your host, Haley David. And today, our special guest is Jessa Glover. Hi, Jessa. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So excited to have you here. So we always like to start the show by asking, what is something interesting about yourself that most people don't know? So there's a few things. But the most recent thing that I've really started opening up and talking about is being polyamorous. I've been with my partner for almost four years now, and I like had a coming out of the poly closet post that was very liberating because in the coaching industry, we see a lot of just like hetero, cisnormative relationships. It was, it was like a weight was lifted because I felt like, like in my post, I had said, I've been really private about my relationship. And the reason why is because it just, it's not, just to be like, oh, it's just me and Tyler. It's not the full story. And I feel like I'm leaving people out, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, and just having that honesty with your audience. And ever since I've met you, I've noticed you're big on honesty and integrity and vulnerability. So it's really refreshing to see that in this space. It is, especially in an industry where it's like, I seriously scroll through sometimes. I don't scroll often, but when I do, I'm like, oh my God. It's like everybody's copying each other. Somebody give me something to work with. Like, I know. Something different, something different, something unique, something truly from the heart space, which you know I talk a lot about. Like, I can t- so feel when it's coming from realness and I do my best to. It's taken, it was not always this way, but. Um, taken some time to really just get used to saying this is my truth I'm going to stand in my truth and what I find is when we do that it really liberates other women to do the same so I'm gonna even when it's uncomfortable I'm gonna continue to make that a priority because it is for sure a priority. I love that especially because I feel like I hear so many people say oh be authentic be yourself online but it's like lead by example you know I hear a lot of people say it but I don't see a lot of people doing it yeah and the reason why I actually like tapped into this recently and was just like why is it so difficult for people to be themselves because in our industry it says like be yourself be authentic show up be vulnerable and I'm like why are people having such a hard time with this and I believe it's because we've there's a misstep we've skipped into just be authentic be authentic the how of that is to really like we say in sales know like and trust you have to know like and trust yourself in order to be yourself and so those first three steps are I think what a lot of people are missing. They don't know themselves. They're not self-aware. They don't necessarily like what they are aware of. And they definitely don't trust themselves, which is something I talk about a lot, which is why they, you know, aren't able to show up in an authentic way because they don't trust that they can be able to handle whatever may come their way, whether that be great amount of success or negative feedback or, you know, tough conversations with their family that 
may come from them being authentic online. So I think that that is really the starting place for that and where, again, people missed up in, in trying to be themselves. They're like, I'm trying to be myself, but I don't really know myself yet. Yeah, I'll find myself being like, okay, I need to do this or I need to try this. And I was like, no, I am this. I just need to be it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of doing just be. And yeah. like you said, you know, we do need to know, like, and trust ourselves. And that's really never an end journey, right? You're never sure. going to perfectly be like, I, I like myself. I know myself. I trust myself. Maybe one day it's one of those things. Sometimes it's yeah. three, but um, you know, for the people listening to this, just a reminder that it's, progress, not perfection. And it's, it's really a daily practice of doing yeah. this. And um, obviously, over time, the more that you infuse yourself into your content and your business and just your actions, um, I guess the easier it gets, right? Yeah, for sure. Like you said, it's progress and it's practice. And it's all of those things. It takes time. Like, I still write vulnerable posts and I'm like, oh fuck, I don't know about posting this, but I do it. And every single time I do, it's magnetic as fuck. So the payoff is worth the risk. And I think again, like it's, it's, it's a practice, right? Like this is vulnerable and I can't talk about vulnerability and being yourself without encouraging and empowering our listeners to really make the distinction between sharing from pain versus sharing from power and that's a big thing like when you're when you're wondering like oh this is so vulnerable um you know like i'm not sure if i'm ready to share this you can simply ask like am i sharing this from a painful place or kind of from the other side where you're like i can tell my story i get it i've been there and here's what i know and here's what i've learned and you can take some um you can share some takeaways and pointers and guidance Versus that is just like what I call wound spewing. I see some of that sometimes too, where people are just like, I'm a fucking hot mess. Shit is crazy. And there's no end in sight, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've, I've seen that too. And, um, you know, this has been such an incredible way to start the episode. Like everything we're talking about aligns with the show's purpose, which is empowering entrepreneurs and empowering people. And I love how you said, you know, focus on posting from that place of power because mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, for me personally, when I'm scared or nervous to share a vulnerable post, I try to do it from a place of empowering others and remind mm -hmm. myself that there's other people out there that need to hear this. There's someone out there that feels like they're all alone that no one else understands them or has been where they are and they need like your vulnerability as that bridge to help get them to the other side. So I, yeah, I absolutely love that. For sure. One of my, one, this was recently actually for mental health awareness day. I posted about um, my, my story from being, diagnosed with bipolar one and institutionalized multiple times and heavily medicated to stable, unmedicated, successful. And the, the, the picture that went with it was like, if 
you think sharing your story is difficult. Imagine the woman who's going through it now and doesn't know there's another way. And that like, ever since I've tweeted that and I'm, I'm like this, like every time I think about like, oh, I, I'm, I don't know if I should share this or talk about this. It's like, there are so many people out there that really need your magic. And every time, usually in the past when I've shared my story of like, I like tossed all my medication and I never looked back. And I, that's why my mission is to empower healing and promote healing through the vehicle of entrepreneurship, which is why I work with like a lot of holistic healers and Reiki masters and stuff like that. And so um, that being said, it's just every time I've shared that story, usually I get like people who are like, this message is so dangerous and you can't tell people not to take their medicines. And I'm like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that medicine really fucked me up and almost ruined my life, you know? And there are people out there who need to hear that there may be another way, you know? Cause I wish somebody would have told me that sooner. I so wish somebody would have told me that sooner. Exactly. And you know, as you mentioned, you're just sharing your perspective, your story. No one can say that's right or wrong. That's your story. And like you said, sharing your story helps bring other perspectives into people's lives. Maybe they didn't know that was even an option, right? Maybe they've heard people say, this is the only way. And I just like to call bullshit. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. There's no fucking one way for anything. Like, Yep. That's what I always say. No rules only energy all the time and everything from sales, business, marketing. There's so many coaches out there that teach like, you got to do it this way. You got to learn to launch. You have to have to, you have to do this. And I always think to myself, whenever I hear somebody saying like, this has to be this way, I always add in my opinion at the end. (laughs) Exactly. You know, like, okay, in your opinion, it has to be that way. Got it. I love that so much. Well, like I said, this has been a really empowering way to start the show. I absolutely love this. So today we're going to talk about soulful sales mastery. Tell us a little bit more about what that is. Yeah. So this is probably one of my favorite things to talk about ever, ever, ever. Um, It's like I mentioned earlier, I work with a lot of holistic teachers, healers, mystics, Reiki masters, hypnosis people, um, and then other, you know, coaches and stuff like that. People who are really here to lead in this new paradigm shift where we're working less, we're living more. um, And for me, soulful sales is about service. And that service is rooted in transformation. And the way that I teach it Um, it's actually based in the four agreements. So the book, the four agreements, there are four agreements. Don't make assumptions. Don't take things personally. Always do your best and honor thy word. Like your word is everything. And so when it comes to soulful sales, it's all about service. It's about transformation. And really, again, like no matter where you're at in the sales process, not taking things personally, not making assumptions, honoring your word, and always doing your best. I mean, what more, what else can you do? So that's kind of my foundation and my basis and my lighthouse for soulful sales and teaching soulful sales in the way that I teach it. That's incredible. And also, I just have to say that 
whenever I've either taken a course on sales or heard anyone talk about sales, I'll just say it's never started out like that. It's always super masculine, like so rigid. I know from, <laughs> like, I'm just thinking back to all the people who taught me sales. When I was 15 years old, I worked in telemarketing, <clears throat> which, you know, was great because I'm very comfortable with sales because I've been doing it forever. But when I was a telemarketer, our boss would be like, always be closing. Like that's the phrase you hear people say all the time. Always be closing. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I'm so glad you said that. My clients always tease me. They're like, you're a master translator of the woo and the do. And I, I'm, I love, I wear that like a badge of honor because I think it's so true. Like it starts with the foundational pieces and I think so much of business, like I say, it's only energy. So that's balancing the masculine and the feminine energies. Always be closing is something I say. I think it's important and it's true and it's necessary for running a profitable business. But I'm all about running a profitable and pleasurable business. If you're always closing, but you're worn to a fucking nub and you hate your sales process and people are running from you because it's super masculine, it's probably time to lean back and come back to the foundation, you know, and really think about the energetics of what's happening and why it's happening. And I've been in sales for over, this is um, so wild, but like almost 10 years now. And I learned a lot of the very masculine stuff, but I'm grateful for that because there is a time and a place, right? For the systems, for the structure, for the follow-up, for always be closing for the processes. That's the masculine piece. The feminine is the creative, the flow, the intuitive, the energetic piece that's like, let me feel into this and use my inner guidance and my inner wisdom to lead this conversation and feel into if this person's even an energetic match for me. I think that's a big shift that I talk about a lot as well is a lot of times sales coaches and business coaches will teach like always be closing and again, kind of the more masculine stuff that we're talking about. And I think it's an important shift for entrepreneurs to make to really start to look at sales conversations and relationships, just like dating. Like, is this person even somebody I want to go on a second date with? Is it somebody I want to get into bed with? It, not, every, not every single person that you go on a first date with, you're like, yes, you, let's go. You feel into them. Same thing with sales conversations and sales calls and all of that, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And in my previous business, like I've experienced this, you know, if you're focused on like that money piece and you don't even care about that relationship with that person, like their energy, all of those things, if you're just closing them to get that sale, that's going to lead to burnout. If you're operating from a place of, I'm just going to create this program for money, or I'm just going to close this client just to have a one-on-one -on -one client or just to sell my package. And that client might not even be a good fit for you. You might end up actually like hating your relationship together, mm -hmm. could not even experience the transformation. Their client experience could be awful. I mean, there's just so many things if you're operating from that place of just focusing on the money. That's why I love that you led with those foundational pieces that were centered on you, the person selling, not the person you're selling to. Mm -hmm. Also, because like, I know so many entrepreneurs, they do take it personal when people tell them no. So I just think it was so powerful that you included that in your foundations because it's 
um, something that I think sadly is overlooked in a lot of sales mm-hmm. teachings. Yeah, for sure. And as service providers, and specifically with the type of people that I work with, my niche, it's like, you're here to heal, to guide, to lead. This shit is not about you, baby. (laughs) And it's not about you. It's way, way, way bigger than us. And I fully believe that I have goosebumps saying it. And I say it all the time to my girls. It's like, it's not about you. It's, it's like to take it personally, kill the ego, feed the soul, right? (laughs) It's, this is not about you. It's bigger than that. Yeah, I 100% agree. So what comes after the foundation? What part is next? Yeah. So I teach a seven-step sales call. I say sales call, but it's really a process because it can happen in the DMs. It can happen on the call. It can happen via email. But really a process that is tried and true. It works. I have a 95% close rate. Um, That's incredible. And, and I think that the three biggest things that everybody should always be asking, I'll share some of it with you guys here, is number one, you need to understand what does your person want? What do they want? And I always say internally and externally. So internally is like, I want to feel confident. I want to um, feel super empowered about showing up. Um, I want to feel less overwhelmed. So those are internal. And then externally is I want to hit 10K months consistently. I want to pay in full for my wedding. And a lot of my girls, this is funny. (laughs) A lot of my girls want to live van life or bus life. Like they want to like flip a bus or a van or something and go hike across the Americas. So, um, So something like that would be an external goal. So number one, what do they want? Number two, what do they need? So what do they think they need? Accountability, support, um, guidance, tools, resources, systems, whatever that may be for them. And then the third thing is urgency. So understanding why a lot of coaches will say, I actually have a story I'm going to post today about this. A lot of coaches teach this kind of question of like, on a scale from zero to 10, how committed are you to? And I cannot stand that question because it's so salesy. If you're on a sales call and someone hits you with that call, you're like, oh yeah, I'm on a sales call. Like you might, if the call might've been going well and then you hit them with that question and they're like sucked back into the reality that this person is trying to sell them. And I feel like before you really go to pitch or invite someone into your offer, it's not a good way to, to set the stage for the pitch or the invitation. So I like to ask why now? Like, why is this the time for you to get serious and committed and dedicated and start doing this work so that you can accomplish what you want and have access to insert what you need? So those, that would, it's like the foundational pieces of the energetics and then some strategy to, or a system even, to really lead the way and guide your way. But still, it's about nurturing the relationship, having that conversation, and really digging deep into what that person desires so you can offer them, if you have it, right, transformation through your offers and your programs. 
Yeah. I love that so much, especially, um, you know, because in the past I've been guilty of two being like zero to 10, how committed are you? But you know, we all have to start somewhere. Right. And when you know better, you do better. So this is the learning process. So I love how you replaced it with how committed are you to why now? I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think those two words are so potent and people will tell you, like, I've had people be either like, I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm tired of the up and down cycle, feast and famine cycle of my business. I mean, I've got a lot of answers and I've also had people like, you know what, to be honest, I don't know if now is a good time, which is why, again, I love that conversation because it's not, it's not, I think, I feel like the zero to 10 commitment question, it like forces someone to be like, I'm like an eight or, or above. I think that it gives people the room to really share an honest, heartfelt answer, authentic answer. I agree. And honestly, it's probably not a question they're going to expect. And it also gives them that time to reflect to themselves and really take a moment to think like, yeah, shit, why now? Like, why do I want to do this now? And like you said, sometimes they might say, I don't want to. So could you give an example of how would you follow up to someone who did say not now? To someone who said that, like, why not, like, now is maybe not a good time? Yeah. Ooh, I love that question. So, um, I always say, thank you so much for telling me that. I'm so grateful and deeply respect your honesty. Um, and I respect your time deeply. And based off of what you've shared, I don't believe that we're a good fit to work together right now. However, here are some resources and I'll either send them to maybe a different offer than what they maybe signed up for, or somebody in my network that can help them in meeting them where they are. I've only had that happen two or three times. And it's interesting too, because the people are like, you'll see them kind of, you know, you guys can't see me watching this or listening, but they kind of are taken back. You know, they're like, Oh, well, but again, and you can filter those people out through your content, through like, I have a form that all of the logistical, systematic, masculine pieces. But yeah, that's how you can respond is just saying, thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And based off of what you've shared, I'm going to send you some different resources because I'm not sure that this is a good fit for us right now. Yeah, I love your answer to that. And honestly, I wasn't expecting it just because I've and I'm sure you've encountered this too, but a lot of times with coaches, a common thing that's taught in this industry is when someone hesitates or says no, I've seen a lot of coaches teach like, hey, I'm a coach. So my job as your coach starts now. It's not like when you pay me. So it's Mm -hmm. my job to help walk you through this fear. So Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on that perspective? My throat chakra right now is like, you gotta get this out. (laughs) This is so good. Okay. So yeah, I, how you show up in the sales process is how you show up in my programs. I seriously work with some of the baddest bitches in the game. Like I love my clients. They're go-getters, they're ambitious, and they're willing to, I always call them fitful girls, figure it the fuck out. So they're not people who are dancing around. And really when you're, when you're selling, you want to be in your feminine 
and your clients be in your masculine because that's how they're going to show up in your programs, come to the calls, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really not my place to lean in and start coaching you right then and there. You haven't, that's not my job. You haven't hired me as your coach. I'm there to guide and to lead and to listen and to invite you in for transformation if you're ready for it. And I cannot say this enough. I say all the time, Haley, I don't know if you've heard me say this in anything since we've been connected yet, but I always say like sales is sex, sales is sex. So if sales is sex, we must have ongoing consent always. And so when somebody's starting to lean back and get fearful for me to lean in and start pushing, 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 that's not consensual sales. I don't like that at all. I have goosebumps. That's such <laughs> a good comparison. I think I have heard you say that, but now yeah. seeing how this relates to what we were just talking about, that's so powerful. Yeah. And one of the quotes I live by, Ayana, I can never pronounce her last name, but she's a famous speaker and coach. And this is how I look at sales and sales conversations. She says, in order for my yes to be heard, my no must be said. And so it's like, if you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? So like by saying yes to the client that's like fearful and you're having to push her and force and all of that, what are you saying no to? You're saying no to the person that's a fuck yes. That's a full body, I'm all the way, balls to the wall in, you know what I'm saying? And so I'd rather bless and release the people who are fearful and hesitant and let them do their work so that I can focus on the person that's like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's fucking do this. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the show. Yeah, I love that so much, especially because they show up in the sales process is the way they show up in the program. Mm -hmm. And if you're having to rebuttal someone to get them to say yes, and I won't say force it, but if you're having to, and I've, I have sadly seen this a lot too, if you're having to play on their pain points mm -hmm. and then present that your solution is the only solution for their pain points, mm -hmm. you kind of have to convince them, I guess is a better way to say it, right. them to join yeah. your program. Then there's so many things that, like you said, one, you're saying no to a client that is a fuck yes, your dream client who is going to show up and get the transformation that you created your program for. Right. And if you are convincing someone to join, you also have to remember that if they don't show up to your program the way that it's designed and you created it for, one, they're not like they're not going to get the transformation. Yeah. And which is then a reflection of you and your work. And goes back to you're really only doing it from that place of you want their money. You really don't give a fuck about their transformation. You just want them in your program for many reasons. Either to say you filled your program, to have one more person in it for the money. So I will say, because those of you listening might be like, but what about objections and like fears that come up and stuff like that, right? Like of course that happens. How I need to talk to my spouse or um, I need some time to think about it or diff the, all the different objections that come up. 
So if I have gone through those three steps and somebody is like, this is what I want, this is what I need, and I'm ready now because, like, this is the time for me to be committed to this. And then they start to backpedal, kind of, right? And they start having these objections. Objections are, again, not personal. We can't make assumptions. So I will step in and work through objections with someone to deeply understand because usually it's not like what we hear at the surface it's other stuff that's going on like for example the the I have to speak to my spouse thing that happens sometimes because people are they're looking for like a permission slip from their partner when if we ask them like well what do you think your partner would say if you were to go ahead and jump in they'd be like yeah okay well what is it you're looking for then <laughs> and they kind of realize like oh yeah like I'm a permission slip from my from my partner or my my spouse and I think it's important also that we know that there is a time and a place to guide and coach people through fears that they have come up fear is not just because somebody is fearful doesn't mean they're or has fear doesn't mean that they're not a good fit for a program or not a good fit for working with you but there's again a time and a place and so this is where we use our intuition to to guide and to lead us and to say like, this person is ready and this is what they want. And it's, it feels like they're just giving their power away. So how can I empower them to take the reins and take their power back? Yeah, exactly. And to resummarize a little bit, once they have said, okay, yes, this is the time. Now is the time walking them through those fears and answering their questions is a lot different than them saying, no, now is not the right time. And then you keep trying to dig deeper into that. Right. And then right. there. Yeah. I mean, I've even heard some bad horror stories that we won't go into, but people just essentially like bullying people on the sales call. And I think that there's a lot of room for, unfortunately there was, there's not anymore because we're learning and we're growing and collectively the consciousness, consciousness of the planet is rising. And I think that a lot, there was so much manipulation before of people making these claims, getting people on sales calls and being like, you know, just really manipulating them. And um, even, I would even go so far as to say like reenacting cycles of abuse with their clients, these coaches I've seen. And so I'm, I'm grateful to be in a space and be connected with people like you who, you know, are informed. I have a lot of trauma-informed people in my, my network, other trauma-informed coaches that are really here to heal and to guide and to lead in this new paradigm, which is exciting. I agree. And all of this to say, if you are doing some of these things that we've mentioned right now in your sales process and you're feeling shame. My intention, and I know Jess's intention is to not shame you. We're just mm -hmm. trying to guide you and show you, like we said at the beginning of our, of our episode, there's different ways. So do not take on heavy feelings of shame. Mm -hmm. Just ask yourself based on this new information, what can I do better? And what can I go learn now to do better and dive deeper into this process? of selling from the place of service. And like you said, now that we know better, we can do better. And that's it. 
Exactly. So in terms for soulful sales mastery, we've covered quite a bit. Are there any other processes that you think is important for people to know? I can't say this enough. Um, And this isn't so much a process, but just if you are listening to this and you're somebody who is using social media to build your business, which you likely are, I can't say this enough. The dinero is in the DMs. So attraction marketing is great because you can bring all the right people to you. And I see a lot of people coaching about that, like how to write great copy and get your pictures and your hashtags to attract the right people to you. But if you don't know what I call, if you don't know how to, what I call flip a brick, like you have these people in your network, they're watching you, they're listening, they're reading your emails, they're viewing your stories. If you don't know how to, once you have all these people in your circle, flip them, right? Into, you know, clients and convert them. Um, A lot of people just think that they're just going to sit and wait, sit and wait. And people are going to be PayPal, PayPal, PayPal. I've done this almost four years now. I've worked with dozens and dozens and dozens of women, coaches in different industries, niches, all kinds of stuff. It just doesn't work like that. And the coaches that are out here just, it drives me crazy. Talking about it as if it's just as simple as like, you post a post and you're flooded with business from day one. It's again, sales is a relationship. It's like sex, it takes time. So you gotta tease and and follow up and all of those things. So knowing that the dinero is in the DMs, not being afraid to have conversations, to spark conversations, to ask questions, and to really get to know your people on an intimate level. And that goes back to being willing to know, like, and trust yourself on an intimate level so that you can do the same with others as well. I think that was a big block for me in my business for a long time. I had all these hard, really hard, harsh boundaries because I didn't trust myself to be able to have more wealth and more clients and more connections with people. I was very hardened from some of the shit I've been through. And so I was not willing to connect with people in a more deep and intimate way that I think is required for building a business in a soulful and conscious way. So I would, I would encourage you to do that. And that's why part of my signature CCC framework is number one, create. So we're attracting them to us, connecting, building those relationships, and then closing, ABC, always be closing on a consistent basis, talking about your offers, following up, pitching your offers, all of that. Yeah, that's so helpful. And um, you said you like to call flipping a brick. So could you give us like a specific example of what flipping a brick might look like? Yeah, for sure. So I have, I post on stories pretty frequently and I'll do trainings, um, mini trainings and lessons and be goofy and whatever. Okay. And so for example, if I had somebody message on a story and like, Oh my God, this is so helpful. (laughs) I used to be like, Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Heart. And that's it. As opposed to saying, oh, is this, is this something that you're working on right now? Is this something, is this whatever, lead nurturing or whatever I'm talking about that day? Is this something you're working on right now? Oh my God, yes. Like I'm, I'm totally stuck. I don't know where to start. Da, da, da. Oh, okay, great. Is this something that you're looking for support around? Yeah, actually I am. I, I was, I've been watching you and, you know, 
then you can build that relationship and that conversation as opposed to like what a lot of people do. They're afraid to ask questions, to nurture and deeply understand like these people are watching and responding for a reason. They're there for a reason. And so understand. And even if the answer is no, they don't need support. Knowing that you have people that are watching you and listening and you can create more content from that is a win as well. Yeah. So is there, and again, I feel like I've heard a couple different, a couple, a lot of different perspectives on this. Okay. So someone responds to your story and I love how you mentioned, don't be afraid to respond in like a personal way. You don't have to do the generic, oh, so glad you loved. I've been guilty of doing that. And I'm like, fuck, these DMs are going nowhere. First of all, I'm not helping them, which is my main priority. And it's not helping my business. And my business mission is to empower women through entrepreneurship. And I'm not doing that if I'm afraid to build relationships in the DMs. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. So is there a rule for kind of making that pivot? Like some people might say, nurture them for like a week or a month before you actually like pitch them or offer your help. So what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. So such a good question. No rules, only energy. And again, sales is sex. So sales can very much mirror how we like to make love and fuck. And so sometimes people like it fast and dirty and quick. And there's such a connection and intensity that it's like, yeah, like I want to, I'm ready. Like whatever you got, tell me about it. I want more information. And there are some people that need a little bit more foreplay. So it's, there is no rule. I'm not like, you got to nurture them for a month and then you wait, wait a week and a day to follow up. It's like, no, feel into it, use your intuition and allow your energy to guide you. I love that. That comparison is just so helpful. And with both of those things, you're not just going to be one or the other at different times of either the week or the year or the month. You might prefer it one way or the other. So just remembering that that's going to change for people. Yes. Right. So I've had people that have like cyber stalked me for a year and a half before they hired me. And then I have people who find me and the next day they're like, I'm signing up. I I binged all everything free that you've ever done. And I'm ready, you know? So, so yeah, I love how you said no rules, only energy. So there's no standard wait seven days, whatever, just trust your intuition. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of times our buyer behavior, this is so important to know our buyer behavior mirrors our own. So for example, I am a last minute buyer. I will wait until the 11th hour to, to, you know, like a coach will be like the doors have closed. And then I'm messaging her the next day. And I'm like, I'm in. That's <laughs> you know? me. That's I'm ready. Too. Yeah. So I'm exactly. And I attract a lot of people who are like me. So like when I launch things, I'll have like a two and a half, three week launch and I'm talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And it's crickets until the last 48 hours. And that's okay because I already know and understand my, how my buyers work. They, they're like me. They don't, they wait till the absolute deadline to buy. And so also understanding again, knowing yourself, because you often attract people, we mirror like attracts like. So we, our buyers mirror our own buyer behavior. Totally. 
And that's something I've had to kind of not come to terms with, but I had that realization too. I was like, yeah, I have a lot of people call them last minute Sally's for whatever reason. But I was like, I have a lot of people in my audience like that. And I was like, that's because that's me. I know some people hearing this might be thinking, okay, well, I don't want last minute buyers in my audience. So now do I need to go focus and change my buying behavior? Like, does it work like that? That's a good question. And I would say, I would say that if you're naturally a last minute Sally, which I think is a funny term. It is. If you're naturally a last minute Sally, what is the intention behind you changing how you naturally buy things? Is it coming from, again, ego, money driven, or is it coming from a place of service and love? There are really only two emotions, love and fear. So is would your decision to change your buying behavior be coming from a space of, from love space or from fear space? And I would, I would, I would sit with that and answer that question before you make any changes. I love that answer so much. And also a reminder for everyone listening that if you are in the middle of a launch, I've I've met a lot of people who have done a launch day one, day two, day three, they're not getting any buyers. And then they're like, fuck it. I'm just going to stop. So remembering our purchasing behavior, our buyer behavior mirrors, usually our audiences. Mm -hmm. And then going back to what we said at the beginning, the foundation of your soulful sales mastery, which is those four agreements, remembering that it's not personal. Yeah, for sure. And again, I think the assumptions thing, it's like the two go hand in hand so well, because it's like, okay, it's day three of the launch and we're hearing crickets. So we start to make assumptions. It's priced too high. Nobody's watching. Um, My offer, there's not enough shit in my offer. They don't see the value. We start to assume all these things are, oh, they can't afford it or whatever. And it's like, it's really, it's like, we're just hurting our own feelings as opposed to trusting the process, following up, following through on the strategy that you planned and continuing to be really persistent and committed to what it is you said you were going to do when you started your launch. Totally. And also remembering why mindset work is so important because those things you just listed don't really have anything to do with strategy. If we're doubting our pricing and all these things like that's, there's no strategy that can fix that except for doing that inner work and that mindset work. Yeah. Yeah. And I even like to go deeper into like, it's deeper than mindset work. It's healing your trauma. It's somatic practices to move those heavy emotions that come through to you. Grounding exercises, trauma release exercises. Um, When I'm in launch mode, I do a lot of dancing and movement and take classes and stuff like that because it can be an emotional roller coaster. I'm an empath, a cancer projector. Like I'm I'm Miss Sensitive Sally, like (laughs) to the maximum. And having the outlet and the channel to move any emotions that move through you is really um, important. And like I said, it's, it's the mindset piece is there, but it's, it's deeper than mindset. It's, it's physical, it's ancestral even. Yeah, that's so powerful. And um, 
again, it goes back to that this is a continual process. Any other final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? When it comes to soulful sales, the continual guiding light that I have been speaking about lately is to remember always, and we talked about this right at the beginning, seek to serve. Seek to serve first. So what do, what do your people need? What do they want? What do they need to feel here in order to feel empowered, to give them their power back? And at some point, it might have been something you needed to hear, right? And so a lot of us will say, well, everybody else is talking about that. Every, they've already heard this message from so-and-so, but you are the secret sauce. So people, even if it's a message that has been around for a hundred decades, a thousand years, it's often what some, it's, it's like people need to hear it from you, from your unique perspective. And I talk a lot about how my girls, the people that I coach, like they come in, they needed to hear from somebody who was a woman of color with fuzzy hair, like curly, crazy hair that's untamed, like, isn't this pristine polish? I talk about smoking weed and stuff like that, like, is not the typical coach, right? Is not what you see in the coaching industry, but they still needed a coach who could resonate with them. That, and so your people are going to need the same from you with your unique perspective and views and, and weird quirks and the weird shit about you that you think, you know, nobody should hear about or know about. Like that's the freaky shit that you're, that are gonna, that's going to attract your people to you. And they're going to be like, I fucking love her or them or him or whoever you are. I love that. That is so powerful. This has been such an epic episode. So last question, where can our listeners find you? I'm on the gram. You guys can come find me on the gram. Come hang out with me at Jessa underscore Glover underscore. Awesome. We will link it in the show notes. And thank you so much, Jessa, for being on our show today. It's been wonderful. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help support the show by making sure you're subscribed, hit the five stars, and leave a review. Thank you, my empowered fam, for supporting the show, and tune in next week for another episode.